Notice the Lord Jesus Christ met Nicodemus where he was. It was Nicodemus who accepted him, or not that accepted him, but who came to him, but he, he accepted him where he was as a religious man. You th- have you ever thought about this? John chapter 4, sandwiched in between John 3.16 is the meeting of Nicodemus, and who does he meet in John chapter 4? The woman at the well. The woman at the well. Yeah, that's right. So Nicodemus was a very religious man, and then you have John 3.16, and then you have John 4, not a very religious woman. In fact, a woman that obviously was involved in a, in a, in a, in a very wicked lifestyle. And so he, he, it doesn't matter the background. It doesn't matter uh, the, uh, the talent or ability. It doesn't matter. Uh, Jesus met them where they were. Uh, the sinner's first need, the sinner's first need is to simply see their need. Pride gets in the way of this. I said that earlier. It's very difficult, but that is the first need. So Let's look at our outline. Number one, the new birth is for every sinner. The new birth is for every sinner. John 3 and 4, a religious Jewish man, a worldly Samaritan woman. It matters not. All men need Christ. All women need Christ. Religious people need Christ. Worldly people need Christ. Professional people need Christ. Um... Everyone needs Christ. Jews need Christ. Gentiles need Christ. Every every tongue, every nation, every tribe, they need Christ. Notice how the scriptures identifies Nicodemus in two ways. Number one, it identifies him in verse number one as a man. As a man. We are all, and I say this, I use the term men, but I'm speaking about mankind, We are all just men at best. It doesn't matter what's on my resume or your resume. I'm a sinner. It doesn't matter how much education I have or don't have. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. And so he's identified as a man. Secondly, he is identified. Look at verse number 10. Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a what? Master. So he's identified as a man, but he's also identified as a master, a ruler of the Jews. Here was someone who knew a lot about God. Here's someone who knew the Old Testament. He was a master. But yet here is someone who we read in Romans 3.10, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Nicodemus, a traditional man. Nicodemus, a faithful man to the practice of rituals. And yet Nicodemus is a sinner. As we're speaking to people, uh, as we're speaking to people, this is the first thing that we understand. It's for everyone. There isn't anyone that is excluded from the offer of salvation, of getting a new start. It's for sinners. Secondly, big number two. Big number two. The new birth 
is found only in the Savior. It's only found in the Savior. Notice the Bible says in verse 2 that Nicodemus came to Jesus. Great job, Nicodemus. That was your best decision. You went to Jesus. And that's exactly what we're trying to show people from the word of God, they must come to Jesus. It doesn't matter how many times somebody comes to church. If they never come to Jesus, they won't go to heaven. It doesn't matter how many times somebody reads the Bible. If they don't come to Jesus, they won't go to heaven. These are all good things. It doesn't matter how many times somebody gets baptized, and you could fill in the blank on all of that. He, Jesus, is the author and finisher of our faith. And so we're taking Jesus to people, but they must personally come to Jesus. We have three children, and, and we tried to bring them to Jesus and bring Jesus to them, but they had to make a decision from their heart to put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. They had to come to Jesus. So that's what we see here. They, Nicodemus came to Jesus, and when we come to Jesus, look at John 6, 37, please. Just turn over a few pages in your Bible. And there's a great promise here in John 6, 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. So if somebody comes to Jesus... They're not going to be cast out. It doesn't matter how sinful they are or they aren't. You come to Jesus, we aren't going to be cast out. Now, something we find out about Nicodemus, first off, Nicodemus declared what he knew. He declared what he knew. We see that in verse number two. Okay? He says, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. So Nicodemus declared that he knew that Jesus was a teacher. In fact, he uses that word, that title there, rabbi. So he knew he was a great teacher. But we know today that Jesus Christ was not just a great teacher. Jesus Christ was and is the Son of God. We might even say it this way. Jesus Christ is the truth. Yes, he's a teacher, but he's more than a teacher. But he's just declaring, this is what I know so far. You think about people in our world today. They know, some know something about Jesus. But they may not know all they need to know about Jesus, right? Some think he's a teacher. Even today still, he's just a good moral man, good teacher. So he declared what he knew. He even, re he even realized that Jesus was from God. You see that in verse number two as well. But we know that Jesus is more than from God. He is God. Okay? John 1, 1 to 5. We won't take time to go over there. We've been looking at that. So pretty good, though. He knew he was a teacher, but we know he's more than a teacher. He knew he was from God. Well, a lot of people are from God, right? 
I mean, if you go deliver a message of salvation, God sent you. God took you. You're from God. But Jesus was more than that. He was the Son of God. So number two, he also spoke about what he did not know. Look in verse number four. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? So he obviously did not understand what it meant to be born again. That's the first thing. And the second thing is in verse number nine. He said, how can these things be? So he, he, lets, he lets Jesus know there's some things that he doesn't understand. He didn't understand them. And by the way, this is essential. Eternal life is received only by what? Faith. Faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. See, new birth can only come when we realize we don't have all the answers. New birth can only come when we realize we don't have all the answers and that Jesus is enough. Nicodemus, didn't get that yet. He will, though. Let's consider several things that Jesus speaks to Nicodemus about from John 3. Look at verse 13, please. Jesus says, No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. So he lets Nicodemus know that Christ alone came down from heaven. Christ alone came down from heaven. Verse 14. He quotes from Numbers 21, 6 to 9, and he says there, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He lets Nicodemus know that someday Jesus Christ is going to be lifted up, talking about himself, he's going to be lifted up on a cross just as Moses had lifted up that serpent in the wilderness for people to be saved. So he's letting him know these basic truths. Verse 15, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. He lets Nicodemus know that Christ offers eternal life to all who will believe. Again, this is amazing how this account is sandwiched in between a religious man and, and the woman at the well. And then in verse 16, the most famous verse possibly in our Bible Christ's sacrifice is evidence that God loves all people and wants no one to perish. In other words, the new birth is God's offer to have a new life. The new birth is God's offer to have a new life. The new birth is found only in the Savior. All, all four of those verses, 13, 14, and 15, and 16, Christ is pointing Nicodemus not to a system, but he's pointing Nicodemus to a Savior. A Savior. Jesus Christ himself. He's not pointing him to religion. He's pointing to a relationship. That's what we're doing. We're letting people know that they can have new life, and the new life that they can have is in Jesus Christ. 
This is on, by the way, I think. It's on? Okay. The new life they can have is in Jesus Christ. So many have tried so many different ways, but only Jesus can satisfy. The new birth is the work of the Spirit. Look at verse 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the who? Spirit, capital S. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's that baby being born. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So Jesus isn't talking about just birth in the sense of physical birth, but spiritual birth. Verse number Seven, marvel not that I send unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth. It's the sound thereof. We've all heard the sound of the wind, haven't we? Whistling by. But have we ever seen the wind? We've never seen the wind. If you have, you had some really good glasses or some really good eyes. But you've definitely seen the effects we have seen the effects of the wind more than once, I'm sure. We could even hear the wind as it whistles by. And Jesus says, But canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the who? Spirit. All three members of the Godhead are connected to the new birth. When we get saved, we are a child of the who? Of the Heavenly Father, child of God. But it comes through the Son. Without the, without the Son, we have no salvation. So because of Jesus Christ, virgin birth, sinless life, vicarious death and suffering, uh, being resurrected, we have salvation. But according to Jesus' own words to this religious man, we must also have and sense and see the working of the Holy Spirit of God. Notice who is not involved in salvation. You and me. Think it now. Let's think about it. I didn't say we're not involved in the delivery of the gospel. That's our theme this year. We want to deliver it. But we are not involved in the salvation process and may we never try to get involved in it we've got to see the holy spirit of god at work to have salvation all right let's let's hold our finger in in um, john 3 and quickly go over to galatians 4 Galatians 4, and let's look at verse number 4. Uh, 
But when the fullness of time was come, God, there's God the Father, sent forth his Son, Jesus Christ, made of a woman, made under law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because, excuse me, and because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his sons into your hearts. So we know that the Holy Spirit is the part of the Godhead who is indwelling us, the spirit of his son in your hearts crying, Abba, Father. So here we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all connected to the new birth. Let's go back to John 3. Now, let's see three things about the new birth from verse 5 is the first one. Notice it says in verse 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter. That's a good uh, verse to have to, to speak to people about. Well, you know, I go to church every Sunday. Can I, can I show you a verse in John chapter 3? Do you believe the Bible's the word of God? Can I show you a verse in the Bible? Here's, and you can take them to John chapter 3, and you can just show them. Here, here's a story between Jesus Christ and Nicodemus, a very religious man. You know what? He probably went to the, he probably went to the synagogue every Saturday. But look what Jesus tells him. Jesus tells him that except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, I didn't write this. This is the word of God. So it doesn't say that you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you go to church every Sunday. It doesn't say you cannot enter the kingdom of God if you, unless you get baptized. But what it does say is if you've not been born of the Spirit, then you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So number one, the spiritual birth is a necessity. It's a necessity. That's why, that's why almost every Sunday, 52 Sundays a year, at some point in Sunday, we talk about the spiritual birth at Anchor Baptist Church. Why? Because it's a necessity. It doesn't matter how many times that, that you've been in church, if you've never been born of the Spirit of God, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. That doesn't matter. It, doesn't, it, it, it doesn't matter if it's the church, the one we saw, where only 10 or 11 people could get in, or some 10,000-seat auditorium. It doesn't matter. Or the upper room. And we'll always remember this area. Or the tents in the, in the, in the uh, parking lot. No. It's a necessity. The spiritual birth is a necessity. And so there's two births that are needed. The obvious one, born of water. Secondly, born of the Spirit. They're listed there in verse number five. A natural birth, a spiritual birth. I know there's other interpretations of that as well. But we can agree to this. A spiritual birth is a necessity. Secondly, in verse number six, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. The spiritual birth is a reality. It is just as real as the physical birth, and it is just as unique. 
Flesh doesn't become spirit, and spirit doesn't become flesh. These are two separate entities. We have physical, we have spiritual in our, in our, in our, in our makeup. It is distinct from soul and spirit. And it is the Holy Spirit that changes us. It is a reality. In other words, if you're saved, it'll show it. You know, if you're saved and you know it, it's more than clapping your hands. <laughs> Although that's a good place to start. And stomping your feet. and You know what I mean. If you're saved, it'll show. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. It will show. Everybody shows it maybe a little bit differently, but it'll show. And it's not a show, if you know what I mean. That's what I'm saying. But it'll, it'll, it'll show on the outside, and people will know something's different. So it's a reality. It's a necessity. But also, the spiritual birth, verse 8, we already read it. I won't read it again. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. It cannot be produced by man. It is not simply a reform. It's a transform. It's not just reform. Well, clean everything up, get everything settled, get everything right, and then it, no. No, it, it starts with getting Jesus, and then Jesus helps us get everything dealt with. So it is a mystery. And the mystery there is the wind Jesus talks about. We talked about that already. So, we don't know everything about the Holy Spirit. We've studied about the Holy Spirit. We read about the Holy Spirit. We learn about the Holy Spirit. We know that the Holy Spirit is part of God, and we know that He greatly needs, we greatly need Him in our life. But there's two things about the Holy Spirit that we do know. Number one, the Holy Spirit always works through Scripture. Through Scripture. So we want to be giving the Word of God. It doesn't return void. 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth how long? Forever. God's spirit works through God's word. It's, it's, it's a miracle, isn't it? Absolutely a miracle. The Holy Spirit also works through witnesses. Witnesses. We have, we had 5,000 tracks come today. We have Bibles. By the way, if you need a Bible or two tonight to give to someone, you're welcome to take them. Please don't think this is a sacrilegious statement, but having all of the Bibles sitting in here and all of the tracks sitting in here are not going to help anybody that doesn't live in this office. They have to get out to the field. So the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God. We know that. That's why, again, we want to just keep getting the Word of God out, getting it to the people at the store and getting it to the people at the gas station and getting it to the everywhere, house to house, through the mail, everywhere we can, because... That's the message that the Holy Spirit uses, the Word of God. But he also uses witnesses. That's like we were talking. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Christ spoke to Nicodemus, and the Spirit worked on Nicodemus. 
But Christ spoke. Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. But ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost part of the earth. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. I missed the first part of the verse. So the Holy Spirit comes on us not for the sake of anything, obviously living the Christian life, but being a witness. It took a witness. The Holy Spirit works as Spirit-filled believers share the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we can't do anything, but we can do with the Holy Spirit's power, we can deliver the message, and the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit brings the conviction. Now, Nicodemus, what, do we, what else do we know about Nicodemus? Turn to John chapter number 7. You've probably read about Nicodemus in the last couple of weeks if you read through the crucifixion and the resurrection whenever it comes to Easter. You would have read about him. If you were following along those passages that I was sending Sending out every day, I think we read about him. Look at John 7, 50. Nicodemus saith unto them, same Nicodemus, the, uh, he that came to Jesus by night, being one of them, doth our law judge any man before it hear him and, and know what he doeth? They answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. You know, Nicodemus stood up for the Lord, and I said, be quiet. And every man went into his own house. So there's an openness in Nicodemus to the message that he had first received. And then let's, let's quickly go down to John 19. John 19. Verse 39, and there came also Nicodemus. Jesus has already died. He's already given up the ghost, which at the first came to Jesus by night. This, and now it says, he, and he brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Then they took the body of Jesus and wound it in linen cloths with the spices and as the manner of the Jews is to burying. So now he is not coming to Jesus by night. He's now an open follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. When did he get saved? I don't know. But we have evidence. Because when you get saved, there's evidence, right? There's evidence of that, that he was born again. New birth brings new life. New heart brings a new start. Let's talk about our application, and then we'll be done. You've got that down at the bottom. I'm going to need you guys to help me with this in just a minute. First application. So here's what we want to do between now and next Wednesday. Study one of John's other books. And the suggestion here is 1 John, which we covered 1 John, I think, 1 and 2. We, hadn't, we haven't finished that yet. But in John, 1 John, you will see birthmarks of a believer. In other words, how can one know that he has truly been born again? Those are listed, they're, they're listed there in 1 John. 
So read over it. There's five chapters. Won't take long. Then here's a challenge between now and next Wednesday. Memorize John 3, 15 and 16. 15 and 16. And I've already, I've already put it on a card for you. Pastor Nathan put it on a card for us. So guys, when you hand one of those out to everyone, please. You don't have to make out the card. We just have to memorize it. Maybe you already memorized it. So this is, a, this is something to carry with you. Put it in the car. Put it somewhere in the house where you'll see it. And let's, let's, these are very familiar verses, but let's, let's familiarize ourselves with them anew and afresh. And then here's a suggestion. Begin a conversation about Christ with someone using this question. Have you ever thought you would like a new start? Have you ever thought you would like a new start? Now, everyone, hold up your hand like this one of your hands. I'm going, to, I'm going to show you John 3.16 on your hand. You don't have to write it on there, okay? This will help us to remember John 3.16, all right? The thumb. The thumb is God loves you. For God so loved the world. God loves you. You can remember that. Maybe you can trace your hand on your paper. Not right now, but maybe later. God loves you. The ring finger, the ring or the index finger, excuse me, index finger. We're all sinners. That's in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're all sinners. The tall finger. Your tall finger. Without Jesus, we perish. Without Jesus, we perish. With Jesus, we don't perish. That's what it says. So without him, we perish. Your ring finger. Jesus died so we could be saved. Jesus died so we could be saved. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then your pinky finger. You must believe on Christ for yourself. You must believe on Christ for yourself. You're driving down and you can just think about that. Your thumb. God loves you. And you can tell people God loves you. Sinners, we're all, we're all sinners. Without Jesus, we perish. Jesus died so I could be saved. I must personally accept him as my savior. So whether you're speaking to somebody who's religious or whether you're speaking to someone like the woman at the well, Everybody needs a new beginning. And Christ is the only one who can offer that new birth, that new birth, that new beginning.